in today's show. There were two games on Thursday, the Sixers-Bucks, the Lakers-Clippers. We'll talk about all of the things that came out of those games. Some waiver wire news, some other injury news, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at basketballmonster.com. And you can find me on Twitter as always at redrock underscore beeble and on Instagram at Locked On Fantasy Basketball. Today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we are available on all platforms. So. Two games, National TV Day, Thursday, the two games on. We're going to cover them in a sec. We're going to talk about what moves people made on the waiver wire. We highlighted a lot of that stuff on yesterday's show and went through you know, my thoughts on drops and ads and all that sort of stuff. And we'll see some of that reflected in some of these um, numbers that we've got for waiver wire moves. We'll talk injury things. Um, did a whole show on injury report for tomorrow as well as streaming options in an 11-game Friday. You can check that show out. I can't remember who I put on the cover of that uh, of that show. It was someone annoying, I'm sure. Nah, it wasn't annoying. Who was on the, on the cover of that show that I did? Let's double check that. Um, Trey Murphy, there you go. One of my mates. So Trey Murphy's on the cover of that show, the Friday stream show. So go and check that one out if you want to get some more info. But let's cover off some news now. I don't think I can do the laugh. Let's get it on, Gilly. Haha. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Miles Turner's out at least a week. The at least is the important part here. I've said here a week on this thing, and I even made my own mistake there by not writing at least a week. So it's Red Rooster time. I wouldn't be adding Terry Taylor, even though he did start last game. I'm going to hope it means more than 16 minutes for Isaiah Jackson. Please do not drop Isaiah Jackson. Like if Isaiah Jackson continues to get 15 minutes for the entirety of the next week with Miles Turner up, then I'll go, yeah, maybe, maybe we don't need to hold on. Right, But he could also have three blocks in 16 minutes in one of those games. So please, do not drop Isaiah Jackson. He is a clear hold at this point, and we'll see what happens. But we've got an opportunity now. Terry Taylor for those deeper formats is what I'd be looking at. Um, Jalen Smith, we'll see, got into foul trouble. He's also dealing with a knee problem still for the paces, which limits some of his value. Some relatively good news for Darius Garland. He doesn't require surgery on that cut on the inside of his eyelid, which I'm going to be honest, sounds absolutely horrific. What a shocking injury that sounds like. They don't know whether he's going to miss some time. I would be shocked if he doesn't miss at least one game. It doesn't appear like it's going to be long, but I'd say one to two, he might miss here, Darius Garland. So be aware of that. It boosts the value of Levert. It boosts the value of Don Mitchell, obviously. Um, boosts the value of the Discman, C.D. Arsman, who will get some extra minutes and extra looks in that situation. He started for Garland last game. So there will be some guys getting a boost if Garland, as expected, um, does miss out. And the other news is that the skater boy, Zach Levine, we know that he's out tomorrow. But not only is he going to be out, that he's going to sit one game of back-to-backs for the immediate, in the immediate future. Uh, no setback, though. He's all good. He's all good. Nothing structurally wrong. We're just going to cut his knee open. He's all good. This, this um, front office and their medical staff and they're lying. It's getting to me. I already hate the Bulls, and now I hate them even more. 
Um, it's frustrating. This obviously boosts Io Desunmu. It boosts Alex Caruso. It boosts DeMar DeRozan straight out the ass, right up to the moon. Like, that's massive value for DeRozan without Levine. So he is maybe going to put... And you're not going to do it because I know that you love DeMar DeRozan, but it would push to a massive sell high on these days where he's going to have really boosted value. And when Levine comes back, it'll cut back. But the Bulls gave Levine just to... We'll just give you everything. We'll give you the full five years, 250 million. I'm sure your knee's fine. Yeah, you didn't have surgery, did you? Oh, do we tell you needed it? Oh, don't worry about it. Just take, this, take the money. Something wrong with that team. I actually, I, I know what's wrong with that team. That's fine. Levine is sitting back-to-backs to begin the year. Maybe that's, who knows? Is that up until Christmas? Is that into November? Is it Thanksgiving? I don't know. But he's going to be sitting back-to-backs and we need to be aware and prepared for that. Let's look at the waiver wire now. The most added player. I don't think I've ever seen a number like this. Jalen Duran up 72%. 72% in 24 hours. Uh, yeah, you had to add him. Look, I don't know what old mate Dwayne Casey will do. Something dumb, no doubt, but you got to add him. You had to add Santi Aldama, who's up 20%. We talked about him a lot. You had to add Isaiah Hartenstein, up 16%. We don't know what will happen with Duran next game. We don't know what will happen with Hartenstein. What will Thibodeau and Casey do? Two of my favorite coaches in the NBA. What will they do? I think, do they play each other? They might. We'll see... Um, Maybe I'm wrong on that, but we'll see how they go in terms of giving the proper guys minutes. It's going to be something to watch for us, but you have to add them. DeAndre Hunter also up 16%. I'm not as big on that one. I think that the upside of Duran and Hartenstein in particular is significantly more than Hunter's, even though they could play fewer minutes. Hunter is locked in at a role, but I've seen him locked in at that role for three years. Has it been good? Not really. He relies on really high shooting and because he doesn't do anything else. So I wouldn't have been rushing to grab him, nor would I have been amongst the group of people that boosted Royce O'Neal up 14%. O'Neal, that, that's chasing. O'Neal had something which he might not ever do again, like massive steals and blocks and big usage, and even Joe Harris, not big, bigger usage. Joe Harris is back next game, which cuts a little bit into what O'Neal can do. And it's fine to stream O'Neal in, but it's an 11-game day. They don't play Saturday or Sunday. I'm not sure when you actually use Royce O'Neal. I don't think that was worthwhile. Marcus Morris up 14%. That's likely to stream in today's game against the Lakers. Jalen Suggs up 14 We talked about him a lot before his injury. Talked about him a lot yesterday as someone to go and grab. And old mate Pat Beverly, who I loved grabbing with the last pick in my draft. I don't care that he scored three points in the opener. He had four steals in two blocks. He's up 12%. I guess part of that is streaming him in for today, which is part of the value there. And you might not want to keep him long-term. I get that. But as a defensive stats guy, as a guy who's going to generate steals... There are not many of those guys available on the wire that can do it the way Beverly does. And there is inherent value in getting someone like that onto your team. In terms of the most dropped players, number one is the guy that apparently I can't pronounce his name correctly, Mo Bumba. One, two, three, four, five. He's down 24%. I am convinced that he will do more than he did last game. I am not convinced that he is worth it as a 12-team league player. I don't think he cuts into Wendell Carter's minutes at all. I was shocked that Bolt Bowl played over him. But I, I don't think that Bumba was this must-hold guy. But again, I didn't draft him, so I had a low opinion to begin with. Derek White down 20%. He was a great stream for opening night. I don't think he's a must-hold. And if you wanted to drop him to get a Durin, to get a Hartenstein, to get a Suggs, to get Aldama, absolutely the right move in my mind. JaVale McGee down 20%. He played like 14 minutes. Yeah, see you later. Chris Duarte down 20%. Look, he was really quite poor. I think he'll be better than that. I don't mind moving on, though. He's up, I don't think his upside is that high. 
Tari Eason down 16%. Um, I, th- I think it's probably the right call. Look, we, we went on, I went on about it saying, hey, I really like what Eason could do. But Stephen Silas is going to play Gordon and Tate, and it appears KJ Martin ahead of him. Tate is out again tomorrow. But where is Eason's role coming from? It's going to require two injuries or a change in heart, which, and we, I said this a million times in the preseason, this is going to be like us waiting for Tice to get benched and Wood to get benched for Shengun to start. It's not going to happen. Maybe it happens in March, um, February, when someone's traded. I, I've got Eason because I understood that it would be really rocky. The third string small forward to start the season, it would be rocky to begin things, right? But I, I, I got no problem with moving on. It's very hard to hold a 15-minute third-string guy. It's almost impossible in a lot of situations. So, so I understand that. Um, the Bronco, Jalen Williams. Broncos country, let's ride. Now, realizing yesterday's show, I said something, or I forgot to say something. I, I said that he only played six minutes and that was bad. Like, I, I did know that he got hit in the head and taken out, and I thought that I'd said that. I know I wrote it in my summary on Basketball Monster, so I apologize for not saying that. And then I followed that up by saying, hey, if you don't want to have to hold to wait until he breaks out, maybe you can move on. And those two things tied in as if to say that I went out there and said, well, he only played six minutes, therefore drop him. And those things aren't related. He only played six minutes. That was due to an injury. I think he's really good. I think Jalen Williams is really good, and I would prefer probably to hold him over Eason. I think he's a better player than Eason, and there's a better role. But at the moment, there are three guys in his position, Giddy, Shea, and Dort, who are clearly ahead of him for the moment. I don't think Dort should be, but he's clearly ahead of him and getting minutes. Now, Williams has like 7-2 wingspan or something, so maybe he could play the four, and their four is held down by Kenrich Williams or Jeremiah Robinson Earl or someone else. Not very good. So maybe they go super small and play Jalen Williams, a shooting guard, at the four because of his long arms. That's possible. But there's no guarantee. If you are scrambling, hey, I've got to grab Duran, and Jalen Williams, the Bronco, is my worst player, then, then you do move on. But not because he only played six minutes. He didn't play six minutes because he was bad. He didn't play six minutes because he was out of the rotation. So I do apologize for my miscommunication there in yesterday's show. But I was aware that he got hurt, and I don't know why it didn't come out when I was talking about that. And it made it sound like I thought that he didn't play because of um, he wasn't good and the coach didn't like him. But that was not the case. Sorry about that. Kelly Linick down 12%. I think that's reactionary. He had 5,000 in like 14 minutes. I still think he can get 23, 24 minutes really easily. Look, if he gets 14 minutes next game with no fouls, then oh, see you later real, real quick. But I don't believe that'll be the case. And then Thibault down 10%. Yep, all right, see you later. He won't be on this list anymore because he's not going to be rostered in enough leagues to be held on to. He played under a minute again today. There was no reason to draft Thibault. None. And there's no reason to hold him. And we'll, we'll talk a little about, bit about his... Uh, backcourt teammate and uh, what we need to do with him really really soon we'll get into that before we get into that let's talk betterline.net the number one source for all your football and betting needs well football betting and basketball betting needs as the season starts find all the latest player developments team matchups news podcasts in-depth analysis on every game including all the games on friday in fact if you want to go and have a look at an absolute rip snorter between the magic and the hawks tomorrow you can eight and a half point favorites the hawks are that might not be enough You can go check that one out. And the Pistons do play the Knicks. I was right. And the Knicks are seven-point favorites. What is Thibodeau going to do against Dwayne Casey? Duran versus Hartenstein. All the odds for all of the games are available at betonline.net. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite sports like Major League Baseball playoffs, the NHL season starting, MMA, boxing, and golf. 
So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline is where the game starts. All right, that is all of that done. So let's talk about game one of the day. The Bucks beat the Sixers 90 to 88. Good. To pick that one in the pregame. Giannis oh, and That's a lie. I picked the Bucks to cover the spread in the pregame. I still thought I, the, the Sixers board narrowly win, so I, I apologize. I picked them to cover. Important distinction. Giannis was great. 36 minutes. 21, 13, and 8, one steal, three blocks. You drafted him number two. He had 60 fantasy points. You drafted him number two for this. And you knew that he was going to have a chance of hitting 40% of his free throws, which is what he did also. Um, you didn't expect this from Brook Lopez. I think the number one thing I look at here, Brook Lopez had 17 points. He had 16 shots, 25 usage, and played 31 minutes. I didn't think that they'd want to rush, will push him that many minutes. Now, I guess the Embiid matchup helps there. Four threes, two blocks. I thought he was excellent defensively. His efficiency was pretty poor offensively. His upside, I don't think he's particularly high. And he had 29 fantasy points here, which is not a great output. Um, but it was encouraging. And he probably should be on a roster. Wesley Matthews had eight points in 20 minutes. While Bob Porter, who I thought they might start, they did not. Um, played 23 minutes, 11 and 10. That's a reserve role. That's Bob Portis, right? In order for him to be better than that, it looks like there's going to need to be a Lopez injury or a Giannis injury. There'll be nights when he's better than this. That gives him more back-end 12-team league value now. Grayson Allen had 32 minutes, which is something to monitor while Middleton's out. He had 12 points with two threes and four assists. There's workability in that, especially on low-volume days like the Bucks are playing on. And Drew Holiday, don't panic. 36 minutes, number one, you look at that and go, great. The fact that he took 15 shots, you go, that's great. Four rebounds, eight assists, and two steals. All that is excellent. The thing that's bad is 13% shooting. And what do we always say? Nobody shoots 13% for the season. Nobody does it. It's impossible. It literally can only get better. This could have just been a 14-4-8 with two steals. You go, that's a pretty good bloody night from Drew. This is an abnormally bad shooting night. Do not panic at all, whatsoever, not a single bit, none whatsoever. He was still excellent defensively. The shots were there, the minutes were there. There was nothing to worry about. Javon Carter started with Middleton out, eh, five points in 22 minutes. It was him, it was Hill, it was Matthews, it was Portis, it was Nuora. They all sort of split those minutes up and Serge Ibaka looks washed. That's not a surprise. He looks washed for the last two years, I reckon. Um, onto the sixes. Jim Harden. I, I, I remember arguing with people. I'd never take him until the third round. He's definitely only a second-round player. Now, most of you didn't say that, and you agreed that he was a first-round guy. I'm not sure many of you had him up as high as three the way I did, but even I've been surprised with this. 40 minutes, 31, 8, and 9, two steals and a block, 54% shooting. It was, I wouldn't say it was easier to see it coming, but I thought the reasoning was fairly obvious. He shot an abnormally low percentage last season, 41%. He's never done that before. Give him two to three extra percentage points easily, jumps back up. He was fifth per game last year. Fifth. Fifth. Look, not a hard extrapolation to say, hey, maybe he just shoots a couple more shots in a game, one or two, and he's back up. And he is. 31, 8, 9, two steals and a block. In fact, I feel like a lot of my analysis on the Sixers preseason it feels like it's coming together well at the moment. It's two games. Could very easily go tits up really quickly. Um, I was very worried about what DeAnthony Melton was going to do. Remember what I would always say. Hey, if Melton and if Maxi and Harden are playing 35, 36 each, there's not enough minutes for Melton to be as impactful as Yahoo's 92 aggressive ranking would have suggested. 20 minutes for Melton, 9, 2, and 0 with a steal. 
I'm, I'm sorry. He need, he's going to need 25 plus. I love Melton. He's going to need 25 plus. He's going to need an injury to get enough minutes to be useful in 12 team leagues. Now you don't just willy nilly drop him, but you, you, you consider it. Like you, you do have to consider it because the, the, that up the path isn't there. Now he, uh, he will be better than this. I'm pretty sure, but maybe he won't. Like, I think the, Pendulum would have to swing more towards he won't be significantly better than this unless there's injuries. And I could say that about anyone. What if someone gets injured while I hold on to him? The role just isn't there for him. It's really hard when you've got a starting five who play 30 plus for anyone on the bench to have consistent enough value to use. Um, My concerns about Tyrese Maxey. What happens if he doesn't shoot 48% from three? Because he offers no peripherals. Well, 15, two and zero. No steals, no blocks. He was 46 from the field. He didn't hit a single three. He went three or four from the line. His usage last season when playing alongside James Harden was not very high and he offers no peripherals. This is not to say that he's a drop because he he very much isn't at all. But, but, like, you have to look at this and you have to think, oh, well, the upside is clearly pretty capped. Until he starts doing other things, and I'm not sure he does, it's capped. There was a lot of talk in the preseason, and again, remember the preseason lessons that I think we learned from it, um, is that when someone has a game where they score 20 points on 80% shooting, and then they score 9 points on 20% the next game, the media only talks about the big ones. The team blogs pump them out. The highlight accounts pump them out. And they always pump... This guy's playing so well today, he had 20 points on 100% shooting. But from a fantasy perspective, we have to know that's impossible to do. You can't keep doing it. So what else are you bringing? But those accounts, House of Highlights and Hoop Central and all those sort of things, and even team-specific accounts, man, he's really, if he looks so good, the shots are going in. Okay, but when they don't, what else is coming here? And I don't use this to say that I'm right about Maxi because I'm wrong about shit all the time. Like I'm wrong about lots of good different guys, right? Um, but it's the process behind it. That, is, that I think is important to take out. <sighs> Joel Embiid, like, I'm wrong about him so far. He's looked terrible. Like, the numbers are okay still, but I would have had him in the top, I had him in the top five easily. He looks f- not fat. He looks out of shape and lazy, and he do- it looks like he does not care. 15 and 12 in 36 minutes, didn't front the media for an interview after the game. He looks just pissed. Like, he just doesn't seem like he cares. 29% shooting, 67 from the line. This is a terrible start. It's not, you can't do anything about it. You can't trade him or even buy low on him. He just looks bad. And I didn't really foresee this coming. And I didn't foresee PJ Tucker playing 39 minutes a game either. Now, he's not a fantasy option. He was as a streamer for this week because of the three games. There's only one of those left though. So if you want to move on, move on. Two steals, a block, five and five. He's never going to be a big producer. Be aware of that. He's just not. He's Ranked 262nd so far this year on a per-game basis. By the way, Embiid's 174th. So, yeah, hasn't been the greatest start. Oh, yeah, and the other one, uh, Tobias Harris. Now, to be fair to Harris, I said he doesn't provide much defensively. He's been really good defensively. A steal and two blocks here. He had 10 boards, but the worry here, the 16 usage, nine points. This is the concern I had. How does he touch the ball as the fourth option enough to be useful enough to justify being picked in the 50s or 60s, which is where ranks and ADPs was placing him? I'm happy with how he's been able to buoy that or in American terms, buoy that value by putting up defensive stats. 
I don't really trust that he's going to do that. Um, Paul Reed was the backup center for five minutes and Montrezl Harrell came in for three. Harrell is cooked. He looks so bad. He looks washed. I think he's done. Not that anyone should have him on a roster, but they do. Oh, they do. He's still rostered in 12-team leagues. There is not one person here listening. If you are in a 12-team league watching this show and you roster Montrez Harrell, you'd be too embarrassed, I reckon, to drop a comment. But drop a comment. There's no way you do, surely. Surely you don't. Please don't. And Thibault, uh, 18 seconds. Yeah, um, yeah, no reason to, to roster him whatsoever. I wouldn't have thought. Maybe you've got a, a reason to roster him. Couldn't know what it is, though. All right, so let's do the second game. The Clippers end up with the victory uh, against the Lakers. They were up big. The Lakers had a huge comeback, and the Clippers snuck by without it really feeling in doubt. It was a weird game. Um, final score for this one was, if I can have a look at it, 103-97. Is that what the actual score was, 103-97? Yeah, so, oh, so they ended up covering by the four-and-a-half-point uh, line that there was there to be there. So 103-97 was the final score, Clippers over the Lakers. Now, the big controversial thing was that Kawhi did not start. I'm a fun guy. (laughs) (laughs) And I do think it's a little bit of bullshit. Like, he hurt his knee in June. We are 17 months removed from that. He's on a limit of apparently 20 minutes. He ended up playing 21. He did start in the preseason. I just think it's silly to not have started him. But there was a lot of panic amongst people who drafted him. Oh, it's a waste of a pick. What did I do? What am I doing? He had 14 and 7 with a 3 2 assists and a steal on 50% shooting. Like, he's going to be fine. Yes, it might be annoying to start things off, but he's going to be fine. And he started the second half. And what they said was they'll trial it. They'll see what happens coming off the bench. We'll see if he feels uncomfortable. I got a feeling that at halftime, he went, no, no, I don't like this. Can I, can I start, please? Like, that's, that's what I feel like might have happened. We'll see. Um, And I think the minutes will ramp up relatively quickly, but it's definitely not a panic situation. Why did I waste a third round pick on Kawhi or a fourth round or a late second or whatever? I I don't think it's a panic move. It's annoying. It's frustrating. I don't fully understand why you just wouldn't put him in there as a starting group and manage his minutes that way, but I think it's okay. The big performer, best on ground three votes, if it's a Zubats. Now we thought, as the only center, there was a chance he'd get big minutes, but so many Clippers people, now they're just going to play small a lot. They're going to play small a lot. Well, they didn't. 35 minutes for Zubats. 14 and 17 with five blocks and 100% shooting. He was unbelievably good. And it needs to be rostered everywhere. I'm sure he was. I didn't expect him to be this good because I just didn't think they'd play him the 30. I, I hope they would. I would hope he would get to 30. But everything that everyone was saying was that he wouldn't. I went, okay, well, I can't project him. I think initially I had him my first pass of projections at like 29 minutes. And then I pulled it back to like 27 or 26 or something. So, okay, maybe they're just not going to do it. Well, they did in this one. Paul George, 15 and 10, didn't shoot well, but he had two threes and two steals with four assists. It's a solid line. Well, Marcus Morris started, played pretty well early, but only 23 minutes. I think they're going to be really cautious with him and his minutes and his uh, wrecked up knees. 14 and 4 in 23. I don't think he's a 12-team leaguer. While Kennard had 11 points in 24 minutes with three threes. And Johnny Wall, again, started out really well. 15 points in 25 minutes. Didn't hit a three. Had three assists and a steal. And the 25 minutes is good. He closed the game. I I don't think there's 30-minute upside there in John Wall to be an absolute must-roster. Now, he's a clear guy that you roster over over Reggie Jackson. Clearly. Jackson had 8, 1, and 4 in 23 minutes. But is Wall's upside in, say, look, maybe he does push to 30 minutes and they marginalize Jackson. I'm not sure. Wall had some moments here, 
I wouldn't say he was elite. He also did it on 33 usage, which isn't going to stay. He's not going to be the guy that leads this team in usage every, every night. So if you want to have him, I, I get it. It's understandable. You can hold him. But I didn't look at this and go, wow, man, top 100. Here he comes. Bob Covington, two points, 14 minutes, two blocks. Missed all three of his shots. The two blocks is good. That's why you have Covington. To me, he's really low upside, though. I don't see a 25-minute-a-night role. He also shot 55%, I think it was, from the field in his time with the Clippers last season, which has no real way of being able to sustain. There's just too many guys on this roster for that to be useful. Look, you saw Batum played 10 minutes and Mann played 6 minutes. Now, these are guys who'd be in the rotation for most teams. Oh, by the way, if you have Terrence Mann or Nick Batum in 12 or 14-team leagues, you shouldn't. You can get rid of those guys. Pretty quickly, for the Lakers, 37 minutes for Lonnie Walker. That is a ton. Now, I am on record for saying that Lonnie Walker is not a particularly good NBA player. This is the fifth season that I've watched Lonnie Walker play. I've seen him have a couple of these games where he does have really good scoring. And this this was no, there was no doubt he played pretty well. Really well. 26 points is great. 37 minutes is great. It came on 28 usage, led the team, apart from Kendrick Nunn in limited minutes, but he led the team in shot attempts. He still shot just 43% from the field and 22% from three. He can't shoot. He had three rebounds, three assists. He doesn't really provide much in those other areas. Now, the two steals is nice. I wouldn't look at this and go, wow, all right, so Lonnie is now a must-roster 12-team league guy. In a points league, the volume is really useful, but he scored five points last game, Lonnie Walker. Like five. So our memory needs to be as short as our excitement is big for this one. Right, He still started and played 31 minutes, but because Kendrick Nunn got hot last game, Walker was reduced, and Nunn went crazy. And Nunn in this game had zero points on 0 of 7 shooting in 11 minutes because these guys aren't very good. They will have the... And NBA players, so many of them, unless they're Tony Snell, so many of them can have big games, can have big performances, and have hot nights where things start to go right. But when we're looking at things across an 82-game season, generally, it tends to even out, and for guys like Walker and Nunn, it evens out on the negative side of the ledger. Chase Walker, if you like. The, there, are, there are minutes there. There is a role there. But I don't really look at him and go, well, yeah, I expect him to have more usage than Anthony Davis and LeBron James on most, and Russell Westbrook on most nights. I, I, I just, I can't rationalize. If you can rationalize that, because that's what he needs. He needs a lot of usage to get numbers, to get fantasy value. And he did it here. This is not to shit on, on Lonnie, because I, I, from what I understand, he's a really good person and a really good guy, and everyone's doing their best, but his game for fantasy, and even what we've seen in the NBA, hasn't really been at the level it needs to be. And while that's good, he's a solid stream for tonight, and his stream on low-volume days, I, I'm not, I wouldn't chase to add him, personally. LeBron had 20 and 10 with six assists and two blocks. A couple of really good blocks. Efficiency was whack, though. 41 and 67, that's really bad. And Davis did hurt his back on a really quite dangerous-looking fall. He went like recklessly up to try and block a Kawhi shot and then landed down flat on his back. Didn't go to the locker room, the Lakers tell us. Went to the tunnel, but he came back. 25 and 8. Still can't hit free throws, 71%, but he did hit a couple of threes at 50%, which is a bonus. Didn't block any shots either. And Pat Beverly played 33 minutes. That's encouraging. Last game, he had limited minutes because of foul trouble. So we see the minutes. That's really good. If you have Patrick Beverly, it's like having Al Horford. It's like having Draymond Green. You're not doing it for scoring, and they're gonna, he's going to hurt your scoring. But another two steals, another two blocks. That's six steals and four blocks for the season for Beverly. The blocks will come down. The steals will also come down a little bit, but that is why you roster him. Westbrook was equal parts atrocious and equal parts impressive. 
And let me explain. In the fourth quarter, defensively, he played well. Two steals. He ended up with five steals, which, Jesus, I've, I don't know when the last time Westbrook did that was. He ended up with five steals. He did a nice move to get Kawhi into a travel. He actually was playing some solid defense. Offensively, it was disgusting. Two points on 0 of 11 shooting. They were daring him to shoot. And he's gone, man, look at this. They're not guarding me. Pull up three time. Russ, it's because you can't hit them. The reason nobody is guarding you is not because they forgot to. It's because they're going, look at this dickhead. He's going to miss. And you did. Stop shooting them. That is why when we talk about, oh man, if you need assists, you're going to get Russ. Because in categories, he's destructive. That is destructive. Missing all 11 shots. He still had four assists and three rebounds. I Look, it's... It's, it is really hard to have him as a 12-team league must-roster player. It is it is hard because the deficiencies. I, I think you still hold him for now, but man, far out. That's rough. Austin Reeves, I thought, played well, but it doesn't always translate to the stat sheet. In fact, it doesn't. 4-4-2, four, four, and two, but he was a big part of their comeback. Matty Ryan played 13 minutes, and Damian Jones came in when Davis went down with that back problem. But then playing small with LeBron at center or Toscano Anderson at center, however you want to phrase it, is probably what they're going to have to do a lot of the time. So um, yeah, some interesting things there. The Lonnie thing is worth monitoring, but again, I don't believe that usage will stick. Um, Westbrook was rough. The Beverly minutes are interesting and yeah, we'll watch to see how often Davis appears on the injury report. The answer is he's going to appear on the injury report every single day, but we'll watch that. Of course, let's go to the lines of the night. The monstrous is Jim Harden. The waiver wire is Lonnie Walker. The young gun is Austin Reeves because there was nobody to choose from. And the dud of the night is Storm and Norman Powell. Didn't even mention him um, in that clip. This one probably should mention now. Nine points in 22 minutes, even though he started 25%. He is a better shooter than that. But one of the things about Powell, and again, I should have mentioned this earlier. One of the things about Powell is part of the reason he's sustained really good fantasy value is he's done it on high volume with very high efficiency. And I look at it and go, man, this probably can't stick yet, but it has. But when it doesn't, it's ugly. 9, 4, and 0, 25 and 57 from the field and the line. And he's not going to have the volume or opportunities this season with a stacked Clippers team with George, Morris, Kennard, Leonard, Wall, Jackson, Batum, Mann, all coming for shots and minutes. I'm not saying that Norman Powell is a drop in 12-team leagues. He's drop adjacent, at least. I haven't jacked anyone off today. Should I? Uh, no, let's, uh, let's hold it. Let's hold it. We'll hold the jacks for when they're really necessary. Um... All right, that was the dud of the night. Talked about that one. So let's look at your top 10 players for category leagues today. Harden at one. Giannis at two. Lonnie Walker at three. Zubats four. LeBron five. Paul George six. Anthony Davis seven. Tobias Harris eight. Brooke Lopez nine. And Marcus Morris 10. Top 10 rostered in less than 50% of leagues. Lonnie Walker. Yeah, again, I've just talked about him. Marcus Morris. Stream on low volume days. PJ Tucker. Stream only. Wes Matthews. Not interested. Grayson Allen. Um, yeah, maybe, maybe, maybe there's stream value, at least for threes. Luke Kennard, yeah, that's a deeper league thing. Toscano Anderson, not really. Javon Carter, not really. Austin Reeves, not really. And Reggie Jackson, yeah, he's not a 12, probably a 14-team league guy at the moment, Reggie. And your top 10 players in points leagues. Giannis, oh, Jesus Christ. I screwed myself up there because I went to say James, and I went to say Giannis at the same time, and I said Giannis, like someone who doesn't know what to do. Number one is James Harden. Number two is Giannis. Number three is LeBron. Four Zubats, five Lonnie Walker, six Anthony Davis, seven Paul George, eight Joel Embiid, nine Tobias Harris, 10 Brooke Lopez. And that will do it for me today. Don't forget, subscribe to this show. Hey, on YouTube, if you do, you hit the subscribe button and you ring the bell. 
Follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts as well. And check out Locked On Sports today. That can be your second listen as we break down all the stories in like 22 minutes. Check that out. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.